An icy fog washed over him as he entered the freezer filled with storage tanks. He used his pocket LED flashlight as he checked the numbers on each stainless steel tank until he found the first one on his list. Byron reached into his tool bag, withdrew a heavy, mid-arm-length cryonic glove, and flipped open the tank top's gray retaining clips. Nitrogen clouds billowed out and rolled over the opening's blue edge to the floor. His light found the right sperm series numbers, and he raised the rack of thick test tubes until he found the three he sought. He reached into his waste pack, extracted an insulated pouch, removed three test tubes, and checked their markings against the ones from the tank. Perfect, he thought. They're exactly alike. After Byron made the exchange, he zipped his pack, reinserted the test tube rack into the tank, and resealed it. He repeated the sperm switches five more times at different storage freezers. Byron left the cryonics laboratory and made it halfway to the stairwell when a voice boomed from behind. Hold up a minute! When he turned, the security guard was approaching. Let's see some ID. I don't know that face, the guard said. Byron's pulse raced. Uh, Richie asked me to do his shift tonight. I was just looking for the men's room. You're walking the wrong way, Manny said, grasping his tactical equipment belt. Byron thanked the fates that he'd made an ID badge and presented it to the guard. Willard Smith, read Manny, studying the badge. People call you Willie? Not if I can help it, Byron replied. Manny smiled. Don't blame you, Willard. Byron nodded back. Call me Will. Hey, I gotta get going. If I screw up, Richie won't ask me again. I sure can use the work these days. I know what you mean. If you take a break, come on down to the security office and I'll make a fresh pot of coffee. Thanks, I'll try. Manny continued down the corridor toward the stairwell and waved goodbye. Byron waited, but then Manny turned, pointed, and shouted, It's that way to the men's room! Byron sighed, smiled, waved back, and walked the other way. When the elevator dinged its arrival for the guard and the doors closed, Byron grabbed his tool bag and walked down the corridor and into the stairwell. Jorge Maneo was in his early 40s. He had sought a dimly lit corner in the Claremont Hotel. The lobby chair was uncomfortable for his lanky frame. His red hair contrasted sharply with a gaunt face having the pallor of someone who rarely saw the sun. He placed his hands under his coat to hide the deformities from enhanced interrogation techniques, or what Spanish authorities used to call torture. He pulled out his arm, checked his Rolex, and then picked up the San Francisco Chronicle. It's 10.45 p.m., he thought. Byron should be here soon. Although it was mid-July, he had his gray Ferragamo cashmere car coat folded over his lap, a gray fedora on top. He looked up as Byron Doc walked by, heading for the bar. Byron had changed from his uniform into his jacket, casual tan slacks, and a knit shirt. Jorge followed and joined Byron in a corner table with a spectacular view of the East Bay and San Francisco in the distance. You made the switches? Mineo asked with a soft Spanish accent. Have I ever failed you? Brian looked around. I have the original samples. What do you want me to do with them? Throw them in the garbage. Byron looked up at the stern-faced middle-aged man. I'd sure as hell like to know what we've done. I won't ask. In your own folksy way, you're a hell of a lot smarter than that big brains I work with at the lab. And you're much more discreet. Jorge reached into his coat extracted a thick envelope, and handed it to Byron. He checked his watch and stood. You'd best get going or you'll miss your flight back to D.C. Byron smiled. 
As usual, Senor Maneo, it's been a pleasure doing business with you. Before Byron left the lobby, he dumped the samples in the trash receptacle. He stepped outside, took a deep breath of the warm, moist midnight air, patted the envelope in his pocket, and entered the parking lot. He walked to the upper level and approached his car with only the sound of his shoes sliding against the pavement. Twenty yards from his rental car, he reached into his pocket for his keys. He pushed the remote and the car chirped and the front and rear taillights flashed. As he reached the door, the shuffle of feet from behind him stopped. He spun, trembled, and then relaxed as he faced Maneo. You startled me, Maneo. Did I forget something? Yes, my little high-tech device. I'll need it back. Your guys are fantastic. I'd sure like to have one of these. It would simplify my life. Byron opened his trunk and extracted his bag. When he turned, his eyes fixed on the gloved hand and the suppressed Glock 19 pointing at his chest.